you're listening to the Unsung Podcast, where we talk about albums that we think are unsung classics, and then you guys tell us if you're right or wrong. This is the Unsung Podcast. to the Unsung Podcast and this is episode number 41. On last week's episode we were talking about the album Who Kill by Tune Yards. It was a very close vote but the public have decided that this record does not make it into our discography so thank you very much to everybody who voted. On this week's episode we're going to be talking about the album City by Strapping Young Lad. Before we get into that though, just a wee reminder because I know you probably love it. If you enjoy this episode or any other episode that we do, then we would really appreciate it if you could just tell a friend. We're not asking for much, just uh, tag them or even send it to them via text message if you still do that, you know, WhatsApp message. Just, you know, just send it to them, get it to them in some way. If you can do that, I guess as another listener, and that's pretty much all we want. We just, we just want a couple more listeners. In fact, that's a lie. We want loads more listeners because we want to be on top of the world. But yeah, if you could do that, that would be superb. And now, let's get on with the show. Hi, you're listening to the Unsung Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and I am joined by two men who danced in the room like Theresa May did today (laughs) at the Tory party conference. I'd like to say hello in the, the style of strapping young lad, which is... To my right is Glasgow's biggest ABBA fan is Chris Kusek. You oh. can't disprove that either. I mean, I, I I don't even feel compelled to disprove it. Brickin' love ABBA. I'd, I'll still take you to the deck if anyone says that Leo, You're Loving Me isn't the best pop song ever written. Does anybody not like ABBA? It's a good question. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that doesn't like ABBA. Yeah, interesting. I, I went know. to a club night recently that was just ABBA. Like they weren't even kidding on. They were like, just ABBA. Well, we're just going to play ABBA. It was yeah, fuck it. I know. Mobbed. Mobbed. And everybody having a lovely time. And by the second or third time through the same songs, they were still having a lovely time. Nobody cared. And it does make you wonder why you even bother. Yeah. My flatmate, who's notoriously into very heavy music, turned around to me the other day in a pub and said, you know, I seen an advert on TV the other day and it was an ABBA song. And I thought, I really want to fucking listen to ABBA. And I listened to Abba and I was like, oh my god, they're so fucking good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Is he only just getting that? Well, he's, I think he knew it, but I don't think he knew it in his soul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to my right, uh, to my right tonight, was that, was that your left? I don't know. Well, you're clearly not to my left. Straight ahead of me. I mean, I can lie to the public if that's what you want me to do <laughs> for the sake of geometry. Yeah, you're, to my right is David, who's wearing a t-shirt that he wears now and again, but it's one of my favourites, and it's covered in little white dots. And sort of looks like the night sky on a beautiful, crisp, clear in a very winter evening. In a very sort of uh, rigid pattern. If yeah, but if the, there was a designer, your, then this is what the sky would look like. Your voluptuous body allows oh, I mean, yeah, that it, allows it gives, to wrinkle and blend. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, the luminescent smear of the Milky Way. I think it looks like not a, the chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it looks like a tablecloth. In maybe like a cafe at a caravan park. That's what I would say. If I dropped a chip on that, I'd eat it. Thanks. 
A very interesting observation. <laughs> standard, <laughs> very interesting standard by which to <laughs> judge anybody. But nah, if I dropped a chip on David right now, I'd eat it. Sweet. If he so, let me. If I, if I moved fast enough. Uh, okay, what song are we? What song? <laughs> song uh, what album are we doing? This, this one week? that you picked. David. Yeah, I mean you picked. It Did I pick one. this? I thought it was Chris. Well, uh, to no. be honest, the two of us both excitedly went, "Yeah, yeah let's do that." Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's a uh, city. By strapping young lad. That's how it goes. That's oh. basically it, yeah. Mark, let's get us out the road. Had you listened to Strapping Young Lad before this? Never. Right, because I use Strapping Young Lad to shock people. So if I was ever trying to musically intimidate or show off, like, look how edgy my music tastes are, I would put on Oh My Fucking God by Strapping Young Lad. Yeah. And people are like, well, you actually listen to this? I'd be like, yes, I am very out there. Yes. <laughs> I am musically woke. <laughs> so um, what did you think about it, man? I fucking love this record. Because <laughs> oh, uh, honestly, this is the most fun I've had researching an episode, maybe ever. Like, not all the... St- Strapping Young Lad stuff's great, but yes, being, yes, no. being forced to walk about <laughs> listening to Strapping Young Lad and doing mundane shit, like buying a coffee or like tying your shoelaces whilst a guy in your head is just going absolutely berserk yeah. with the most saturated metal that I think I've ever heard. Like the, he is the Phil Spector of metal totally, production yeah, yeah. and like, it is just so odd to just do everyday chores with that in your head and the fact that other people have no idea what you're listening to um, mm-hmm. unless they yeah. can hear it a wee bit I don't know how loud it was I mean I think uh, it's not the heaviest thing I've ever heard but it's one of the most extreme things I've ever heard what's heavier? Um, let's let's actually uh, what, define what, heavy what defines heavy? Yeah. I always wonder that like there's lots of ways you can define heavy I think I think Slayer are heavy in a fast way some of the strap <laughs> and talk about, sounds like Slayer yeah, mm-hmm. and, they, and they sing about Satan um, yeah, that's so heavy. that's heavy. Um, <laughs> that's fucking gormless. <laughs> no, but like, laughable. so speed is one aspect of the heavy spectrum. True, uh-huh. and strapping young lad definitely. Oh yeah, uh, go with that. Uh, I would say groove quite often. Agreed. Yeah, because you get like death metal, which is really heavy on the speed, but very light on the groove. And I, I'm, I've never been up much of a death metal fan. Yeah, it's, it's, groove, it's, a, it's a bit tiring, isn't that's it? That's why Pantera mm-hmm. are kings, like mm-hmm. groove the, metal. The heavy, yeah, exactly, the kings of groove metal. Again, strapping young lads, strapping, strapping young groove metal. Definitely yeah. have yeah. Uh, groove. I think maybe they actually go more into the groove on other records, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but they've definitely, you know, got bits of it on this. Uh, chug. Chug, 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 gent, full chug. You know, yeah. obviously, Mashug are kings of chug, mm-hmm. but like listen to detox and i think that's possibly one of the chuggiest songs ever yep. written you've got the kind of black metal like shrillness yeah just that which extreme uh oral assault cacophony yeah uh, which you know they totally have especially in this album this yeah. the high-end saturation the like multi multi-layered vocal screams and synths and pads just way way up at the top mm-hmm. like i think they like tick almost all the boxes okay they what what they don't do is the frantic kind of like Convergy, Locusty, Dillinger, Escape Plan, Mathcore, maybe? Yeah, they don't have the same kind of aggression as power violence. Like, they don't, like, nails are really yeah, fucking it, super heavy. Yeah. Yeah, um, but they don't have the. I mean, oh my fucking god, is. Oh my yeah, fucking god. It's a different kind of heavy, and they don't, they're, not, they're not as caustic as a lot of grindcore bands, like, you know, like, uh, Weekend Naturals or Magruder Grind. Just, just for the purposes like, of the public, I'm, I'm going to edit in the opening 20 seconds of Oh My Fucking God right now, <laughs> just so we can be like, oh, it's not that heavy. I didn't say it wasn't that heavy, I'm just saying it's not the heaviest thing I've ever heard. It's still pretty fucking heavy. <laughs> uh, they also, no, you can't argue with the fact that it's not heavy. It's fucking heavy, this record. <laughs> uh, they, also, they don't, I suppose the other thing they don't really do is uh, doom. Yeah. They don't, no, actually, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, man. The last track in this album sounds at points well, like yeah, Old I've, Man Gloom. Yeah, I think neurosis. spirituality has yeah. definitely post-metal aspects First two and a half it. minutes are very neurosis-y. Um, so yeah, maybe, you know, they cover a lot of the heavy bases. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably 
differentiate a few things here. So Strapping Young Lad is ostensibly Devin Townsend. He did the mm-hmm. first album, but more or less by himself. Not entirely by himself, but more or less. He also has just numerous other projects, or like including the Ocean Machine, the Devin Townsend project, and he's taken part in a whole bunch Devin of... Devin Townsend Band. Devin, Devin Townsend, Townsend, Townsend. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of side projects. Frankly, none of them are as good as Strapping Young Lad. He has, he has a... He has a Penchant for the cornball at times. He fucking uh, loves that. Have you ever heard? Did you listen to Zeltoid the Omniscient? That <laughs> shit is fucking <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> Zeltoid the Omniscient is about an interdimensional alien being, which is basically a sock puppet, literally a sock puppet that he used. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to interview people with that mm-hmm. sock puppet yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, that. And this Zeltoid the Omniscient has come to Earth as part of a quest for the ultimate cup of coffee. But he declares Earth's coffee to be fetid, I believe is the word that is used. And uh, Earth is attacked by his peoples. Uh, and there's actually a, there's a sequel as well yeah, Z2, Z2 uh, The Dark Matters or something like that mm. um, and it's basically like a grandiose rock opera yeah it's it's completely barmy but Devin Townsend doesn't take metal seriously like, well that's what I think one thing that is key to certainly to Strapping Young Lad more than maybe you know his band or project uh, projects and bands <laughs> <laughs> uh, is the sense of humour mm-hmm. and that's what maybe makes it stand out from a lot of pretty much 99% of other metal, or at least good metal, there's a lot of humorous metal out there. It's that not is fucking terrible. Yeah. This doesn't take itself seriously. You know, the first record is called Heavy as a really heavy thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great. But it's not stupid either. No, um, it's not comedy. There's, yeah. a, there's a side project. Tide, no, there's a side project. Uh, the other guys in Strapping Young Lad formed a band called Zimmer's Hole. <laughs> uh, and they just sound like strapping a young lad, but even more ridiculous and sort of without the Devon Townsend um, direction. And it just goes over that, like, it doesn't have a sense of humour, it's just fucking stupid. Mm. just a bit annoying um like idiotic yeah just like teenage boy sort of humor right i mean this is often classed well this is this is classed the genre wise as extreme metal which is true when i was doing the research for this the thing that struck me when i was listening to all of the other stuff is that devon townend as an extreme man like he t- every, no, matter yep. what, no matter what lens he chooses to use for his music it's always taken to the absolute like ridiculous degree the most extreme degree like a lot of his Devin Townsend project stuff is just it's like it's beyond power metal yeah you know it's it's, it's bloody crazy I think he's just one of these guys that has an unbelievable sort of work ethic ridiculous numbers of ideas Um, I think it was in uh, 1998 or 99 um, that he checked himself into a mental health institute and he was diagnosed with um, bipolar bipolar, and he said himself that explained a hell of a lot and it gave him a sort of clarity as to why so he was coming out with extreme metal like Devin, uh, like Strapping Young Lad and then he was also doing sort of new wave prog stuff on the other uh, side and he, he realised there was like two distinct uh, parts of his personality trying to get out and his creativity. He kind of he, he backtracked on that a wee bit in the years after them. So mm-hmm. he, he described like Strapping Young Lad versus Devin Townsend Project, Devin Townsend Band, as being like kind of yin and yang. Strapping Young Lad was his dark side, albeit humorous at times and the other one was sort of indulgent and grandiose and a bit pompous and singy and sometimes quite sweet mm-hmm. um it's not nearly as good it's really quite corny but the thing about the bipolar disorder there's a kind of myth around the, the album alien um mm-hmm. the the fourth album that he brought out which by Strapping the way young lad. he says that yeah which by the way he says is his favorite 
See, it's not the definitive strapping young lad. I mean, he thinks this is. He thinks this is the seminal one. But, but it's the one he's proudest of. It's the one he's proudest of. But there was a mythology that sprung up saying that he'd stopped taking his uh, his medication uh, to do with his bipolar diagnosis around that time to try and create a more powerful and edgy album. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened, according to him. What he said was that for years he'd been on this bipolar medication and it started to dawn on him that he didn't actually think he was bipolar. He had gone for a large part of his life never doing drugs and then he ended up, he did some when he was with Steve Vai. He was a singer on Steve Vai's album, 1993. Uh, what's it called? Sex, Sex and, and Religion. Sex and Religion! <laughs> Sex and Religion! <laughs> um... But then he did a stint with the Wild Hearts and if anything is going to make you hopelessly addicted to drugs, it's been in a band. Uh, yeah, the Wild Hearts. The Wild Hearts. <laughs> and he came back from that and was a drug user and regularly a drug user and the Wild Hearts are serious about that shit. So he, I mean, said, he was young at this age. He yeah, was only in his very early exactly. 20s. There's some videos so. of him playing live. I think it's Redden. Um, it's quite, quite funny to watch. He's a man of many haircuts. <laughs> um, but he felt actually that come the time of the Alien album that he'd been misdiagnosed and he wanted to actually try and come off this. The problem was he did that without stopping the drinking drugs and so I think he's been clean now for about 10 or 12 years and now he doesn't take them because he doesn't think he is bipolar. He thinks that it was literally just that he was overdoing it and per- particularly susceptible to the the kind of the effects of the drugs because he said as a child he had very acute problems with anxiety and the whole intensity of strapping young lad he said sprung up as a way for him to sort of to demonstrate his nervousness and to basically he he was like if I'm louder and scarier and nastier than the thing I'm scared of then I feel safe and that was why he was like that's why it's so extreme he was like because it was my way of dealing with that anxiety but it turns out he was like "I, I don't think I was bipolar I think it was a combination of the drinking drugs and when he stopped the medication Yes, he had a really bad time around the time of Alien, and yes, he was in, he was in uh, an institution in '98 after that diagnosis. But yeah, he thinks ultimately that wasn't the underlying problem, which was quite interesting because that is sort of the common mythology. But when you actually see him asked about it, he kind of tries to burst that bubble a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this record is definitely extreme and it's louder and scarier than most things. See, before we jump on as well, can I just say uh, we're talking about his sense of humour? Did you guys look into Punky Brewster at all? I did listen to a little bit to the record. So he did an album after the first um, Strapping Young Ladam under the name Punky Brewster, cooked on phonics, um, which apparently took him 10 days to write, 6 days to record and 12 hours to mix. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's like kind of punky, metally, not amazing. <laughs> But like, there's loads of stupid shit in it, and some of the credits, like the credit sheet on that album, is worth reading alone. If you look it up on Wikipedia, uh, a couple of the highlights were one musician credited as Lord Stenchlor, Brutal Sword of Baphomet's Greasy Spoon, and Pete O'Shit, <laughs> Old Gay Punk Dude, Baby Onions, Chauffeur to the Stars. <laughs> the guy is bananas. He's out there But yeah In amongst that comedy Is some really intense music The follow up album To the one that we're doing uh, Strapping Young Lad There's a a kind of was An old wives tale That it's a response To the 9-11 attacks It wasn't a response To the 9-11 attacks It was an expression Of the kind of anxiety And the state of The national psyche In America at the time It's actually probably The weakest album I I think I would probably say so Uh, Aye Possibly It's got The song Aftermath was the song I heard from yeah, it. That's, and that's, that's a really good track. Um, um, but there's a few duffers and... He describes the production on it as murky and dreadful. It's got a lot more singing on it than the other ones. The, the opening the opening of it as well, it's a song called Dire Slash Consequences, is like this really big euphoric thing and it promises a lot, but it actually is more of a death metal album. It's yeah. got a lot of like Pantera bits as well, loads of Slayer bits and the track two, Relentless especially. It's not a particularly fun album. It's like the one that during the research was the least fun yeah. to, to work it's through. Also, it's, got the song, it's got the song Rape Song, which sounds like it's going to be close to the bone knowing him and like humour. Yeah. Yeah, 
then you read the lyrics and it's like, oh, he just really hates rapists. Anyway, like, okay, I mean, fair, but you know, fair comment. Don't, I, I don't <laughs> need a song about it. You know. <laughs> Fine, given. Yeah. I mean, mind you, you don't want to say that as a given. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, let's look at the American Senate this week. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very true. Um, and just, I suppose, and for the sake of what's the word? F- certainly not brevity. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for the sake of completenessment, um, <laughs> heavy is a really heavy thing. It apparently, only took about a week. Uh, he did almost everything on it. There's a lot yeah. of drum machines on it. The drums. I quite like how chaotic it is. <laughs> I think it's actually really good. Yeah, I mean, I've record, got friends that prefer it, like yeah. just because it's it's a totally unfiltered thing. Yeah, um, I like it because of that. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's like a true look into a musician that's trying to push, and sometimes it doesn't work out that well for him. But it's it's kind of endearing in that sense. It's um, I mean, he just basically regards it as a bunch of demos, mm. a glorified bunch of demos. And when it got, it, it only sold 143 copies yeah, in its that. first six months. <laughs> um, the record label Century Media Records. Which, by the way, it. seems like you're kind of overstating the fact that Century Media Records albums. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there he released it, and he's, he said the press release was a load of bollocks. They were calling it, like, a founding record of his mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, one thing about it, uh, other than being as OTT as he possibly could be, apparently, is uh, the drums on it are... Drum Kit from Hell. Drum Kit from Hell. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, his favourite metal band is Meshuggah. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, is it, was can... it, what's his name? Is it Frederick? Uh, is that the Meshuggah drummer's name? Uh, no, it's uh, Hacker. Okay. Uh, it must have been Thomas Hacker. Thomas Hacker. Yeah, he's, he's credited as a uh, drum assistant on it. All right. Well, <laughs> he's, uh, there's, uh, you can tell there's a bit of cross pollination. There's Some of the strapping stuff sounds like some of the later. Stuff as well. Yeah, um, and certainly on Alien as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're like, I think Alien's a fairly good record. Alien's There's a good record. A lot of definitely. really interesting ideas. You can see why he likes it. It's a, yeah. it's a little think, bit joyless. That's all I think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. It's it lacks that sense of humour. And it also, I don't know, it, it doesn't quite have a focus. Yeah, it or doesn't. the song Skexus on that is fucking brilliant. There's yeah. a low riff that comes in at about thirty seconds into that song. So good, just that one bit. It's just a fucking class. The storm is fucking amazing as well, man. Song is so good. And there's a single off that as well. Love? Love. Question mark. Love? Yeah, that's like the biggest one, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was. Apparently, Machine Head years later got accused of ripping off the riff from that, mm-hmm. and then Devin Townsend, yeah, he was like, "It doesn't matter because I ripped that off from Yes." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's loads of weird stuff. There's like the song "Info Dump" at the end has a pulse in it, which apparently is Morse code for the word "om." <laughs> Just for, like, the guy's fucking mad. Uh, also, the song "Zen" on that album, they made a video of it, but never released the video except it appears in the movie "Shoot 'Em Up." With uh, Clive, oh, Clive Owen, Clive, Clive Owen, yeah. uh, and a bit and shoot him up where he's trying to get a baby to stop crying. The baby sees a strapping young lad video and stops crying, <laughs> so that he just uses this video to shut the baby up at any point. <laughs> That's an excellent fact. That's a really good Easter egg. Yeah, I was going to maybe use that for the Nexus, but mm. I found something better. Yeah. Oh well, should we do the Nexus um, now? Yes. Uh, can I just quickly say? Heavy is a heavy thing. If you're listening to it, have a listen to the track in the rainy season because about ten or twelve seconds into that song, it completely overloads horribly. Like completely overloads. I've not yet listened to it on a system that could deal with the bass on it. Um which is just I mean, it's kinda hilarious that he did it so badly. Um but yeah, let's do the Nexus. And get this. 
I'm kind of psyched about doing the music this week because I found some wee bits and bobs that I'm going to use and I think it's going to be a blast. So here you go. I'm excited. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Frank. You feel stupid now, no, Mark. Try, try, yeah, try that was feign, truly yeah. Try and feign enthusiasm. <laughs> that was really good. Huh? I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Says Mark, checking his fucking phone. I'm getting my Nexus ready, actually. Uh, uh, he didn't do his homework. Did not do my homework. I was too busy listening to the Strap Young Lad. Like the having a great fucking time doing it. <laughs> David Boyd, do you want to do it or blah? Yeah, I'll go first. Cool. Uh, so it'll be long-winded. It shall. And l- longer than it should be. Uh, so we've already mentioned that Devin Townsend Can we uh, vote for a winner by the way this week nope. of, the, of the Nexus? Yeah. Nope That's just because you're confident <laughs> I, I did this while we sat down <laughs> uh, But Devin Townsend played with the Wild Hearts as we've already mentioned Yes. Uh, I, I fucking love it, I actually really want to do a Wild Hearts record at some point Yeah. This is the third time you said that on I know that one, <laughs> you know. uh, I'm Ginger from the Wild Hearts I remember formed a super group called Super Shit 666 <laughs> but <laughs> shit had a dollar sign for the S Is that not uh, a Karang compilation? I, I think it was, yeah Just the most generic riff ever but it sounded really sludgy and that was with uh, Dragon from Backyard Babies Remember them? Yeah, I do Terrible And then, oh, They were a good band Fuck oh, off I never know <laughs> But then Nick, Nick Anderson from The Helicopters Genuinely a fucking yeah, actual fucking great band. Tremendous fucking great band, band. Yeah. Uh, the helicopters uh, went on tour back in the day with a, a then unknown band called The Hives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Makes sense. We're both from the same place. Yeah, and The Hives. Um, I mean, they they had a lot of weird things going on, um, and their road to fame was weird. Did but they? they were signed by. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there was a small band, and they did a lot of things. And then Alan McGee saw them Is on Alan German McGee TV them? and oh. signed them uh, to his new. Pop Tones label and they basically re-released they released the like a had. best of yeah, album it yeah. was like that was actually a best of uh, compilation yeah anyway Alan McGee I don't know if you've ever heard of I him I believe he was at King Tut's once and saw a band but you wouldn't I, hear I've about heard it rumors, you yeah. should, they should make more of they that they don't really talk about it much yeah and he discovered a band called Oasis anyway apparently Oasis at one point had Zach Starkey as their drummer Zach Starkey son of Ringo Starr Okay, and he would also been uh, a drummer in the Who, but yeah, Rego Star, father of Zach Starkey, was in the Beatles. I don't know if you've heard of the Beatles. <laughs> Have you ever heard the band Hollywood Vampires? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the, still related to the rock super group <laughs> featuring uh, Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp, and Joe Perry? They actually played the Hydro wow. last year. There is so a they lot exist. Of, there is a lot of misogyny in that group. <laughs> so anyway, uh, both Zach Starkey and Dave Grohl appeared on the Hollywood Vampires debut album, Hollywood Vampires. Okay, Dave. So there you are. Nice. Uh, can I just say a little bit of trivia? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this the day after the band Deaf Heaven played in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Did you go yet? I was going to, and then I forgot I had to um, help my friend move flat, so I didn't go. I had a ticket and everything. Nah, Lord. Well, apparently the guitarist from Death Heaven is a completely unironic, enormous fan of Oasis. Well, that's... And I mean, like, to the point where people have started to spot that some of the guitar pieces are lifted from Oasis songs, (laughs) but passed through... Well, they're now, like, almost like a shoegaze band. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so my Nexus, I think you shall enjoy this one. Uh, Strapping Young Lad... Uh, at one point, and I, I don't know if it's actually been released, but they recorded, and a few people have testified to this, uh, they covered uh, What's New Pussycat? I would like to see that. Me too. Tom Jones, who performed the most famous version of What's New Pussycat, uh, also recorded uh, a song that I know David's a big fan of called Mama Told Me Not To Come with the Stereophonics. An absolute classic. <laughs> I see we've both got, managed to go down Brit Rock. Yeah, uh, totally. Moves here. Um, the Stereophonics... Performed uh, the theme tune to a TV show called The Office mm-hmm. in the UK, uh, the original Office. Uh, I don't know what's the theme tune to the American one. Uh, 
It's a, some custom oh. made thing. Right, okay. Well, it, some jolly American the sheer music. banality and the beige suicidal unremarkableness of the stereophonics. It's fit. a cover of Rod Stewart. It's, um, I can't remember the name of the song. But, but it yeah. fits so perfectly. Uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, the writer and star of The Office, also wrote and starred in the show Extras. And in season two of Extras, one of the episodes featured Mr. Chris Martin of the mm-hmm. band Coldplay. Uh, and Coldplay, uh, and specifically Chris Martin, did a Radio 1 Live lounge session during which there was a slightly embarrassing moment when it turned out that Dave Grohl had fed a question to a fan in the audience uh, regarding... Asking Chris Martin what his favourite ACDC song was. Uh, so the fan asked this and Chris Martin replied Thunderstruck and started playing it live. Chris Martin played Thunderstruck live. On the piano. And, and the, the behest of Dave Grohl. The behest of Dave Grohl. Wow. There you go. That was good. I'm was proud good. of you. Well done. That was all right. You've, yeah. Yeah, I tried harder that one. Um, I think I've got a pretty good one. Oh, I was just going to play the music. Right, sorry, carry on. <laughs> so, uh, Devin Townsend, he did the vocals, as we've discussed, on Steve Vai record. Mm-hmm. Steve Vai played guitar on the record Hang Cool, Teddy Bear, <laughs> by, <laughs> by Meatloaf. What a name, wow. that's amazing. <laughs> we've gone to Meatloaf. we <laughs> Meatloaf. Fucking excellent. Also on that record is, among others, such as Brian May, mm-hmm. John Bon Jovi, it's Jack Black. Tenacious D. I can't believe you don't own that. And... Uh, Dave Crow appears as the devil in the video for Tribute by Tenacious D. That is pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah, that was not too bad. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Great. Um, mm, fucking meatloaf, had fun doing that one I'm not going to lie as I'm sure you can tell yeah a couple of bits of like basic Townsend uh, housekeeping Uh, the first offer that he got for a record deal from Roadrunner was rescinded by Roadrunner because the head of Roadrunner said that's just noise (laughs) yeah the head of a metal label (laughs) it's like just like so rich man Um, do you remember Roadrunner like how all pervasive they were for like yeah in the early 2000s they had some like they had some really good compilations for a while oh, as well. Oh, absolutely. That's because they had everybody, they had fucking Slipknot, Sepultura, Soulfly, uh, Cold Chamber. Cold Chamber. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the, um, the, the common theme in that is that every one of those albums was subject to a really fucking unnecessary digipack reissue yeah, with a bunch of crap tunes <laughs> hammered on the end. I think they were all produced by Ross Robinson as well. <laughs> yeah, and it, I remember Amen's debut album was on Roadrunner. Was it? Yeah, the yeah. second one was in, uh, it was in Virgin. And then they uh, fell out. Another Ross Robinson one. But um, I, I might want to do that second one at one it's point. It's really good, isn't it? That's the one with the price of reality on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a good record. Um, other really bits hard and bobs that I want you to throw in here. Very hard. Obviously, like, uh, Townsend cited Judas Priest and Frank Zappa as influences. Weirdly, he also cited Jane's Addiction as a big influence. And stuff like Ween. Like, I, mm. I think it was, was it maybe Alien? Or maybe even The New Black? He wrote it. Travelling across Canada Yeah he's, it, he's, he's spoken a lot About how much he likes Ween In fact I'm pretty sure There's a, a Ween cover On one of the records Yeah he's, he's, he's an eclectic guy He A big part of Strapping Young Lad Is his stage presence And if you get a chance It's worth watching Some of their videos There's also a class video That I sent Mark Of them playing uh, Devon Townsend Project in Italy With an entire orchestra Which is just completely <laughs> Fucking over the top In every single oh, Every single goodness. way Probably. Have you seen the video Of them playing it Down 2006 and he says, like, um, like basically, he kind of makes a point of saying that this band shouldn't be on a stage that's big in front of all these people, and it just fucking goes into all hail the new flesh. You're like, what the fuck? And he's just standing there, he's just standing there pure fucking uh, wild-eyed and crazy. Uh, and amongst these other projects, he's got a project called Casualties of Cool, which is, the genre is down as space country.
It's, have you heard that? It's fucking nuts, man. I listened to it, yeah, it's bizarre. I was like, what? <laughs> and he's also gone on the record recently in a whole bunch of interviews to say he's trying to rustle up somehow $10 million um, to embark on a, a prog musical project called The Moth. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not gone into too many other details, but it does sound quite telling. Um, he's got a project, an album called Hummer. Uh, and the Hummer. A, uh, the Hummer, sorry. Which actually, uh, contrary to its name, is really pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's instrumental, it's, isn't it? It's, it's a, an incredibly ambient, like almost a machine noise album at points. And it's. I, I, I didn't expect it to be up to much, and I was really quite pleasantly surprised. I think he released that after the sun was born, didn't he? Dead hypnotic. Well, it was 2007, so yeah, that would make sense. He's been with the, he's been with the same. With his girlfriend now his wife since he was 19. Yeah. He's also they, produced a few good few records. Like, has he? You know Soil work. Um, <laughs> he, I think he produced a Lamb of God as well at one point. Ah, that would make sense. Yeah, uh, and like just a few sort of metal things like Darkest Hour and stuff like Wait, that. So, what Darkest Hour could I do? Because I fucking love that band. Yeah, was that the um, latest one? No, it was like back in two thousand five, two thousand six. Oh, was that Undoing Ruin? Or was it? It was uh, Deliver Us. That's a fucking great. And record, he played that. some guitar on that album. Yeah, he well. did. He's got a so he's got a fucking amazing solo on one of the songs that I record. Nothing about. Um, that's the main. That's what I really like about Strapping Young Lad but, compared to Devin Townsend project. It's a lack of solos. No guitar solos. No, not strictly true. Yeah, that I was going to say. Like one of the things that makes City so fucking brilliant and so odd in metal is that it's got no solo. Yeah, it. just um, like uh, St. Anger, Metallica's best album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's fucking hell. Uh, so, uh, the new Black Mark just kind of touched on there as well. Uh, came out in 2006. So, Strapping on Lads done. That was its last album. And it probably makes sense because it's not a particularly good album. Uh, the songs in it are a bit shorter. Uh, I mean, the track Decimator, the first one's really lame. There's a track in it called You Suck, but the, the, the lyrics are pure cringeworthy. Also track seven, Far Beyond Metal, is probably his most overt bit of like comedy rock. The, yeah. lyri- the lyrics are sort of pastiching metal. Was it one of, one of them I wrote down was, Oh, you ironic pop rock fuck, don't you fuck with metal. Mm. There you go. All right. Thanks, Devin. Yeah, it's kind of like bad thrash. Uh, and I think it, it, it kind of shows that, that he was done. The only redeeming feature of it is... It's got a fucking great cover of a Melvin's track called Zodiac mm. that I don't think was even on the original issue, but it's worth. I think Zodiac appeared on one of their EPs as well. Forget the album, but the cover of Zodiac is really good and was a much easier link to the Nexus if you'd really checked, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, mine's still good though, so fuck you. Hi guys, uh, sorry to interrupt your listening, uh, but I have to tell you a little secret. I actually just bought a new amp. It's been a dream amp of mine that I've wanted for ages. Partly because of Strapping Young Lad, actually, because I want my guitar to sound as absolutely fucking chuggy as Devin's. I bought the amp off Mark, so we're keeping it in the family here. But these these habits are expensive, so if you could fund my dream to sound like Devin Townsend... Uh, but more importantly, uh, if you yeah, could, that's a terrible reason. That's like, can you help Dave buy shit? He doesn't <laughs> yeah, need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. More importantly, if you could help us uh, pay for things like uh, recording time, equipment, uh, hosting, uh, all these things, uh, then that would be really wonderful. Just the very smallest amount helps, uh, but the very largest amount helps more. Uh, thanks. Just go to um, unsungpod.net slash donate. 
Whoa. We got you. Do, do nata. So, yeah, City. Tune by tune, man. Velvet Kevorkian. Uh, do you know who uh, Jack Kevorkian was? No. Jack Kevorkian was a euthanasia activist oh, um, who famously said, dying is not a crime. And that's named after him. I don't know what the Velvet part's all about. But um, I was chanting in this track, and that's something that David uses quite a lot throughout his entire discography. He's fond of different kinds of he likes wee, He likes wee snippets. Yeah, yeah. He, li- he likes a, an... an uneasy vocal kind of interlude which is something that can be done pretty badly by metal bands but I think it works quite well because it quite a lot in the soul stuff because well. it's quite industrial strapping young lad you know it's like the way Ministry mm. used to use it and there's a lot of bits and bobs in these albums that are really reminiscent of Ministry yeah I've, that sort of does have industrial touches and but also that chaotic industrial thing that sort of Ministry are obviously the kings of then another couple of names that come up quite often with Strapping Young Lad uh, Fear Factory obviously mm-hmm. uh, bits in Nine Inch Nails he actually sampled an Nine Inch Nails drum beat on one track a drum beat from Happiness and Slavery White Zombie took a quite quite a lot for Strapping Young Lad including I think the tongue in cheek thing Pantera. and also like the the sampling as yeah. well like the yeah. movie sampling exactly and stuff like yeah. that. Pantera as well um, there's also like weird parallels like the Devin Townsend project and this dreadful album he did called Physicist kind of resembles some of the stuff that Filter did quite saturated but with a kind of big tuneful yeah. giant rock vocal so track two All Hail the New Flesh even the name All Hail the New Flesh is well, the, do you know so like metal. overall this album to me is just perfectly succinct yeah it's only yeah, 39 really minutes yeah. that's quite long for me really as a punk, Aye, but he's but a punk great, but for yeah. like a <laughs> Nine for like a progressive songs. extreme metal album this is yeah, short most of the songs are like five and a five five six minutes long it's nine songs including the cover by the yeah. way as well which is totally like odd let's go through it and then we can talk yeah, about oh, our overall feelings all hail the new flesh is just enormous that kind of there's a double kick barrage near the start of it And then it kind of falls out into this huge multi-layered scream with pads. Yeah. The song's just relentless. It's the just, vocal's it's almost kind of, like machine heady to begin with, but then you realise that his voice is just like so much better than fucking Rolf Lenz could ever be. Townsend's a great singer. His, his voice oh, well, is yeah, fucking he's phenomenal. Incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. He can do everything with his voice, like actually everything. You know, after that Steve Vai thing when he was singing with him and then he said they spent the first five years of his life being a musical whore, just working at the behest of other people and other projects and that was a big part of why he, he wanted his personality yeah. well uh, All Hail to me so, is like ideal start because it kind mm-hmm. of has everything that you want it's got blast beats it's got this mad chug it's like all these elements of heavy that we were talking about I earlier like the phrase mad chug it's got mad fucking chug it's got really memorable riffs as well he's mm-hmm. he knows a hook he does he he's does, not yeah. just like a death metal you know speed fiend or whatever he like knows when to take it out with like big riffs and also with big choruses as well you know he loves a fucking melody he knows where to deploy keys as well properly yeah, which yeah, like yeah. a lot of metal bands particularly if you're thinking about power metal just do it for the sake of it yeah yeah, yeah. like he adds that in such a way where it just sounds doesn't sound too cheesy it sounds just right mm-hmm. if that makes sense and there's a lot of that in this song which is what kind of lifts, lifts the bridge and the chorus and then his sort of his voice has this sort of unhinged chaotic I am a fucking mental man. Yeah, he definitely knows how to take the safety guard off. But it's like, that's what, you know, and things like, you know, Fear Factory or whatever. Fear Factory is very heavy. It's quite but controlled. It's very controlled, and it's like that's why something d- Fear Factory feels too clinical for me. I was never a fan. Yeah, 
There's a couple of tracks like Self Bias Resistor that are great, yeah. but generally speaking, they're a bit. Uh, I don't know. Right. It's cold. Did and any of you guys? Right. Yeah. Did any of you guys ever play a game? But back, I got this with my the new Mac that my family bought in 1998. It was one of those <laughs> iMac Bondi ones that yeah, came out. Yeah, the one, yeah, yeah. And we uh, with it came a game called MDK. No. Oh yeah, fucking MDK, man. Right, yeah. MDK was this sort of shoot 'em up, but it was third person. The graphics were really fucking interesting. It was really dark, uh, and it was about you know like running around space. Our Earth had been invaded by weird things, <laughs> but it had a fucking amazing sense of humor as well. Sound uh, like the sort of sound design was great. It was really weird and wonky, and to me, like this is like that. Um, Rather than just being dark and I, I'm going to shoot everything, it's got this sense of humour to it as well. And for some reason, yeah. Kind of perverse and kind of... Yeah, just, yeah, whereas I... And like, and also maybe, like, in terms of movie, uh, if this is, like, sci-fi, I, you know, like, I kept getting a Blade Runner vibe from the um, aesthetic and stuff well, like that. Th- yeah, but but you know what? It's actually that, more like... Mm-hmm. It's actually more like the fifth element to me. Yeah. In that it's yeah, that's got this point. sort of weird carnival comedy thing like thing, that yeah whereas fear factory are just the terminator yeah whereas this has like colors and shapes and way more personality no you're right there's a sense of camp almost which is part yeah. of what made the fifth element distinct for a lot of those other kind of mm-hmm. films in that genre yeah we didn't we actually kind of skimmed over the aesthetic I, I mean i never really understood entirely what the concept of city was but i know it's something to do it was images of tokyo on one of the covers that was released um, it was all to do with like the neons and the kind of that kind of collage of like neon signs and Japanese writing because it's so beautiful and to me know, it, it looked kind of like a sort of futuristic you know dark city that sort of uh, pan Pacific like Blade Runner yeah. that's why you get yeah, the Blade Runner because it's got the the sort of um, Oriental the mix of Seoul and as well. Hong yeah. Kong and Tokyo and stuff yeah, yeah. no it's you're, very sci- you're right it's like very sci-fi feel as well you know but there's also there's also I think it conveys, it's, it's a hard thing to really summarise succinctly, but within cities that big, mega cities like Tokyo with 30 odd million people in a city where it's so huge, it's completely impersonal and it's almost like human life within that city is sort of slightly devalued as mm. a result because, you know, everybody's so anonymous and it's it, it's so abundantly clear to you that you're insignificant. Like there's there's something about that aesthetic to this album that even though the album can be quite self-deprecating and a bit silly almost it's actually got a really dark concept behind it and a very subtle one at that you know it doesn't call itself anything it doesn't even call itself all hail the new flesh or anything dramatic it just calls itself city, city. yeah it's so very it is, subtle and there's something that you need you need to dig into that and title. i feel like it's nighttime rainy city yeah, rather than exactly fucking it's like a youth going to the park city <laughs> which is ironically for something that sounds like this a masterstroke of understatement yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. that's like fucking hell when you listen to this you're like you can't believe it's got such a, a it's an, an almost seemingly benign cover and title when you consider what most metal that sounds like this probably has where it's like yeah. computer generated swirling tentacle shapes and all these kind of stuff which he has been guilty of in other records but again it contributes to why this album is so intriguing it feels like a lot of the stuff especially strapping, strapping young lad stuff it's really interesting the way that it sounds quite it sounds quite digital but not cold if that makes sense it sounds digital and organic like yeah, a lot I mean, of the yeah, production his, is his very much like that synth and like pads it's really warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't it's think that cold album at all. No, yeah. I, like you say, I mean, even for even amongst the ranks of industrial music, and when compared to things like Fear Factory, it, it comes across a lot more analog, whether it actually is or not. It, I also think it's it really very does. cinematic. Yeah, it definitely is. I think that's the main thing that differentiates this record and the first record. Even though the first record isn't really a record from everything else, is this feels like it's got a lot more life in it. It's got a lot more life to it. It feels like there's a it's beating heart inside it. But yeah. you can you can hear that sense of you know the, the the cinematic aspect to it is informed by all of these other projects. And as much as I don't particularly like them, his his a understanding of spectacle and of you know like you said power metal and symphonic metal and the 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 impact of strings, the impact of synths, the way they can be used to flesh things out. Applying that then to something this heavy, it's actually. A lot, a lot of his other work has come together so well under this one, not just project, but under this one manifestation of that project. And debatably, to the same extent, Alien. Not for me, but for a lot of people, I understand. Mm-hmm. 
the third track in you know, Oh My Fucking God is just superb. Like, it's the one that really hooked me on Strapping Young Lad because it is just offensively brutal. There's oh, a cover- those pinches are so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. All the pinch harmonics are so fucking good. <laughs> There's a cover of oh, it. This is the one Cryptopsy. that starts off. You know that? Is it? A cover of it by Cryptopsy kicking about. Yeah. This is the one that's got that sample at the beginning that has. It's quite white zombie esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like his mind breaking. It's got, it's got like a weirdly like soft moment at the start of it before mm-hmm. it does that you know just explodes um, and it's got, right early on in it as well it's got this beautiful motif with the double kick yeah. and the ride symbol are mirroring each other uh, it's just it's like little kind of flurries in the mm-hmm. kick ghosted by the flurries in the ride it's, it's really clever I think drumming. we need to give mad props to uh Gene Hogland on drums yeah, I for mean, this album. I was actually reading the forums about Strapping Young Lad. There was people saying that he's a he's a drummer that is massively under acknowledged in in the field, you know, up against people that are far more high profile, but he is tremendous. I mean, yeah. I mean he is fairly, you know, well known and like respected, you know, he's he has worked with Fear Factory and a lot of big sort of death metal bands as well. But as and a stand he's also, he name, works with he doesn't have that, you yeah, know, yeah, that's true. You know, you, you don't get that kind of Lombardo effect, or you know, <laughs> but he does have the nickname the Atomic Clock. <laughs> <laughs> that sums it up, really. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, it's thunderous. Did anybody else notice that the scattered kind of vocals in the verse it's basically like rapping? Jet pilot from System of a Down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's basically rapping, taking to uh, like, it's basically what it is. Yeah. Um, detox, like you said, it's got it's quite. I felt like quite a Pantera kind of intro. Yeah, it's detox. like I was like I wrote here that it's uh, it's like new metal taken to its most logical extreme point. Yeah, that riff is is basically a, a new metal riff. But it, it shifts for that though into it a does. very ministry esque yeah. industrial. Yeah, it's got thing. that halftime bit in the middle that's just total headbang as well. Yeah, that's three um, minutes ten. That that's like it's really tuneful. That yeah. big anthemic. Well, that's it. Comes He's got a really fucking single. memorable chorus once again. Yeah. Nucleonics, the study of nuclei and yeah. nuclear energy mm-hmm. yeah. at home, um, which which feels like that's what he was doing in the studio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, just this never seen Young Einstein. Aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or he, just plugged, this, he basically uses his violin to channel entire like atomic bombs worth <laughs> of energy. It, it does feel like Devin Townsend was hooked directly yeah, up just to that. Got this mad scientist feel to him, I think. Um, it's just immediately brutal that song isn't it um, it's short and it's absolutely fucking it, mental the guitar production's like a hammer yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's some kind of silly vocals in it that I quite like as well he kind of gets a wee bit daft with that kind of he does again. that a lot man I love it <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also there's a guitar bit about just before the two minute mark that's it's not a solo it threatens to be a solo but instead it just turns us in really nasty shrill tone mm-hmm. that cuts through everything um, I think track six is a real standout in this album Uh, 
uh, yeah, so this would be the start of the second half. Yeah, like yeah, side side B, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. See, when I first yeah. heard that, I was like, "That's so fucking cheesy, man!" Like, I can't get on board with that. But then, as soon as I got happy through the song, I was like, "Actually, he's, he's totally, really, really clever the yeah, way he's built that. Totally like, that's fucking brilliant." Because it's like a country yeah. riff, you know. Because the vocals mirror the riff, which then the vocals and the riff then like you know unified towards the end of the song. Whispery kind of talked version of the vocals is mm. quite odd against the rest of the album but it builds up in such a good way there's also a bit about just after three minutes three minutes 15 something like that where the synth like you said the synth and the vox and they all kind of merge into one and there's just this wall of tone yeah, yeah. just 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 comes over the whole mix it's, the, and then just his big lyric no one f- no one fucks with me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Seven, underneath the waves, um, it's, I, I really like that song. Actually, it's like, it, I mean, yeah, it I really starts like this album, but this one <laughs> it starts stands out. and you think, oh, this is right. They're just he's keeping the pace or putting the pace mm-hmm. back up, but it's like the fast punky one. Yeah, but then it's actually it's got like a really fucking proper chorus again and a way more dynamic second half. Yeah, it's got a nine inch nailsy vibe. I thought that one. Yeah, as well, that yeah. tired of waiting. Yeah. That sort of refrain is quite like a darker industrial sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. That big riff at one twenty five when it first comes in is just skull crushing, you know. <laughs> and it good. just, oh, it's just so good, man. How you can, how he keeps doing that? He just keeps pulling fucking riffs out of nowhere and then making them sound like they're gonna get smashed in the face with yeah. a mallet. You know what I mean? One critique I saw of this album, and I, I maybe kind of share it, right? So, track eight, room four two nine. It's not mm-hmm. a strapping young lad song. It's by a cop shoot cop. I've actually got the vinyl sitting over there. It's from an album called Ask Questions Later, which is a really good album. A strange-ish choice, but not strange when you consider his influences and his eclecticism. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do think the timing of it on the album is wrong. I saw in a lot of forums folk were like I love this song but it should have been after spirituality putting it in I think it sits a little bit strange yeah because it's mm -hmm. kind of like for me it's got this once again it's got this like sort of weird western vibe Mm -hmm. and it's also quite it's very theatrical and bombastic Mm -hmm. and it's sort of like a it's got a carnival sort of yeah. totally it's like a circus it. almost yeah. Cop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cop Shoot Cop are a, quite an unnerving band a really good band and mm. especially that album Ask Questions Later it is, it's tremendous and it was they were they were straddling the noise rock scene so they, they had a little mm. bit of industrial they appealed to the industrial side of things which I think is why he chose it but they were just as at home with bands like Unsane and Helmet and that kind of scene you see them on the, the old posters uh, with those very bands They're a really cool band worth mm-hmm. investigating I actually think it works well in the context of the record because it's super creepy. Yeah, and I've never. Spirituality, it's, it's like really expansive, so it's like a nice lead into that. I think yeah, I really I've like never the way minded it, works it as the record. Where it is, I hadn't considered the sequencing, but it was a point that came up in a lot of the fan forums, and I have to admit, I kind of. I was. I see. I saw where they were coming from. I do like it, but I would maybe. I rather it would be in a bonus track. That was their arguments. In the same way, Zodiac is on the new black. Yeah, I can kind of get that. It's a different writer. It doesn't. But I. Do, mm. I. I kind of like how you know it's still only thirty nine minutes if it's yeah, yeah, contained. True, true. And it's a great cover adds, as well. Yeah, it just adds this weird sense of sort of space rock opera to it. Yeah, I think it, it, it. I think it broadens the horizons of the record it even more. It does have an element of cabaret to it, yeah, that's right. And I like it. Um, as we said as well, spirituality I think is their doomiest. I think mm. that yeah, is the... Yeah. That, I mean, you're right, they don't it's do as much of that. pretty much. Yeah, they don't do as much of that, you're absolutely right, but that is, as you say, post-metal. Hints of, like I was saying, neurosis. 
I think there's nods to the stuff that Old Man Gloom ended up doing. No doubt they listen to this. Um, and does become like industrial metal later on, getting into the kind of Fear Factory territory. The way it builds, it gets denser and denser and denser and denser until yeah. I guess at the end, it's, it's just it's so clever. such a clever writer yeah you know he's, he's a clever he's a, producer yeah very well. clever producer the, the, the production of this song is so loud it almost sounds like it's clipping at points oh it does my, the Devon Townsend stuff clips frequently see when you go through he does it deliberately at points as well like there's some tracks where the intro deliberately clips just as a fuck you this is how loud I'm gonna get um, I don't think he necessarily meant it in the first album like I mentioned earlier on but I think he does mean it at other points yeah like I said just overarching I, I really enjoyed researching this episode this is like a lot of fun um it's so intense and it should have been hard work but honestly debatably it was le- far less hard work than some of the other heavy things we've had to research for it and it's a lot less hard work than some of the solo stuff as well the solo stuff granted it's is not tough spectacular tough yeah it's, it's, it's quite cheesy some of the solo stuff reminds me of this really cheeseball band called vast uh, which I think was a solo project as well that was kicking, kicking about for a while in the late 90s. I appreciate that side to him though because it, it, he's obviously very good at channeling that kind of energy because it, he's... He does well out it, man. Yeah. He's, he's got, it's bigger than Strapping Young mm-hmm. Lad ever was, you know. Uh, it's not as good artistically mm-hmm. in my opinion, but it's it's he's he's doing really well. I mean, you're playing he, with orchestras as well, man. Like that's the sound of that video you sent me is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just the sheer and it's, see what would I think you, it's, really what interesting? it's like to get that gig if you're a violinist and you're just you know I, I fucking knows what you listen to. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going up and you're performing this thing about a sock puppet that comes to earth <laughs> to find the ultimate cup of coffee, and you're just sitting there in front of like five thousand, ten thousand people. I don't know how many people were in that that. That venue, but you're doing this massive production, and you're one of fifty classically trained musicians playing this bananas gonzo fucking metal opera. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be a trip. The thing that impressed me the most about that as well was it's clear that he wrote all the orchestration, all the music for it as well. And you, you hear a lot of bands, particularly bigger bands, do stuff with orchestras, and it's just not as interesting. I'd really. imagine he wrote it on synth, and yeah. then it was translated. And whether he not. Whether or not he did the translation directly, I think he would probably have, because he's so good on keys, I think he, he started doing a lot of piano. Apparently his first instrument was a banjo, by the way, when he was like five. Mm-hmm. And his first track that he learned when he got a guitar was um, Motorhead by Motorhead. He's just one of those really talented arseholes. He's Prince, yeah. basically. He's basically a metal prince. Yes. <laughs> He's released just as many albums as Prince. Somewhere between <laughs> Phil Spector and Prince. His hair is not quite the, as good as the murder and time. domestic violence <laughs> of Phil Spector or the religiosity of Prince. Mm. There you go. So, yeah, I don't think we need to even ask what's going to happen with this record. Yeah, I'd love to put this record yeah. in. I hope folk agree with us. I yeah. mean, granted. I just want to go, go home and listen to it again. Right? So they are. <laughs> a lot of people that listen to the show might struggle to actually listen to this record because it's so extreme. But if you do and you're like, I can't believe these guys are asking me to listen to this album. Please give it a chance. Yeah, give it a chance. Listen to Detox is maybe like the, for the non-metaler, the one that you'll like, oh, I, I can see how you might enjoy that chug. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's got a chorus. I don't I feel like I'm apologising for it, but I'm wary that it's so extreme that it might really alienate people, yet there is so much more to it than your average metal album. It's got so much album. personality yeah. to it yeah. than, yeah, than your average metal album. Totally. Please don't just lump it in with a dumb ugly monster obsessed satanic trad shit that you see it's it's really there's a lot more going on in this record than look that. our fans we've not had we, every single record metal record that we've put up for the discography has went in no I, I believe in our fans wait a minute every single one well what I think mm-hmm. that's right that's true what about that first one we did what at the gates yeah, yeah, that's in. In. yeah that did that the gates go yep. in mm-hmm. yeah man it's a classic <laughs> there is no god it's called classic <laughs> so you know I, I believe in our fans man I think I think they'll, I think they'll put this one into right well we I have guess, faith in you fans a uh, couple of things so we're winding down uh, can we ask you again if you dig this or if you have a metal or pal or metal or wife or metal or husband or metal or life partner or metal or dog Tag them into this, get them on the case, see if they enjoy it. We'd love some shares because that's really going to be the most organic way for us to grow this without giving loads of cash to Mark Zuckerberg. And yeah, we really appreciate it whenever you do that. 
we're also going to as we promised, we're going to work on a couple of mixtapes uh, to try and give contributors some some bonus material. Uh, we're open to suggestion, by the way, for these mixtapes. We got a really good one yesterday that we're going to keep to ourselves, but I think it's definitely going to happen. Um, so if you have ideas for mixtapes, please just drop us a line on the page. Uh, we're really into that. Mark, next week is your choice. Would you care to fill us in, Begin? Yeah, we're going to do Black Sail in the Sunset by AFI. Yes! You can barely even yes. see it. He's smiling yes. so hard. It's like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, Black Sail in the Sunset by AFI. We're going to do that one next, so... Uh, they have a wait. massive back catalogue. It's not that big. Uh, well, I compared to Devin Townsend. 11 albums and 8 EPs? Technically 10 albums, but yeah. Okay. Um, One's a live album. All right, well, we'll get in the case of that. Uh, thanks for listening uh, Dave any words of wisdom for the people going about their lives for the next seven days hey listen to Strapping Young Lad <laughs> hey there it is yeah go vote on our Facebook page that's the thing. also kind of important <laughs> oh yeah do the vote get it in you can't just yeah. rely on it voting is important especially if you're American and your midterms are coming up in November get your fucking finger out and get that maniac out of power well at least get the congress under <laughs> um, control you know, I think you might have just swung it there Chris yeah I think I have I think this is going to make the difference well to be honest if making fun of a rape victim and making fun of a disabled person hasn't yet convinced people I don't know what chance I've got mm. fair point well thanks guys Goodbye.